following The Leftovers, the officially unofficial podcast for The Leftovers on HBO. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And tonight we're talking about Season 1, Episode 8, entitled Cairo. <laughs> uh, that's really, that's not how you pronounce it, right? Hey. Right. I thought it was just a Midwest thing, but apparently Americans everywhere reserve the right to mispronounce any fucking town they appropriate from any culture uh, or place in the globe. Man. We've got Versailles, Indiana. <laughs> We do, yeah. I mean, I don't. There's, there's just tons of other ones I can think of. Sure, but none are coming to your head right now. So nope. let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> do we have anything we want to talk about up front, or should we get right into kind of our discussion? Uh, did you know that this episode was directed by the great Michelle McLaren? I did know that. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, <laughs> so you... that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting because. I don't know – I'm still not good enough to know exactly what she brought to the table other than mm. it was a really well-directed and put-together episode. But they've all been that way. Like yeah, that's in true. Breaking Bad sometimes and even uh, you know Game of Thrones, it seems like she's really associated with action-oriented stuff. And she does fast cuts and battles yeah. and things like that. Breaking Bad, she's known for like really kinetic camera work. But I don't know whether any of that stuck out in, in – uh, this particular outing. Yeah, I I did not necessarily catch the McLaren flair in this episode, but I I think that the rest of it's been so well done that it's hard to distinguish. Yeah, I mean, same thing as Breaking Bad is hard to find a really uh, yeah yeah uh, a, a really shitty uh, episode. <laughs> sure, and when um, you got guys like Rand Johnson and uh, those types directing stuff, it, yeah, it's hard to stand out. But she did. What did you think of the episode? Uh, I thought it was really good. It was definitely engrossing to me. Uh, I got into it, and I stayed firmly into the episode throughout the entire the entire run. I would say that this is the best of the non-single-character episodes. So minus Nora, minus Matt. Yeah. This is the best one. Right. Minus the Jamesons. Yeah, minus the Jamesons, this is the, the best one. Okay. I can get behind that. I just thought it was awesome. It had a lot of twists and turns. It had a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like, again, for a Lindelof show, this seems to be forthcoming with answers. Sure. It gave us a lot of answers to questions that we've had from previous episodes, certainly. The episodes as far back as, well, like the second episode? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, certainly episode five, which w- I think was Gladys. Gladys, right. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, contextualizing that story here because mm-hmm. we see... Like Lori, for instance, um, nodding in kind of the same fashion and being given this wad of money. And like that's a very similar scenario to what we saw Gladys when we know the weight of what Patty was asking her to do there. So now you can assume, you can kind of go back and say, okay, Gladys was being asked the same thing. And she basically says it in the cabin. She does say sure. it in the cabin. Yeah, I I made Gladys a martyr. Right. And I'm doing the same with myself here. So... Do you want to talk about uh, Grantland's Andy Greenwald's comments on The Leftovers? We can do that, yeah. I've read his article. I I love Grantland. I'm a big fan. and But I've, I've started to have a bone to pick with Andy Greenwald. And I'm not sure exactly what how I can put my finger on it, but I thought he was a pretty talented writer when he wrote about Breaking Bad, although he was by far probably the most consistently negative or neutral or cool 
reviewer mm. of of the people that I would still say liked Breaking Bad there because there's a couple reviewers okay. that very few I'm trying to think of their names that were kind of down on Breaking Bad they're down in the final they're season. not worth remembering sure sure so <laughs> but he was out on True Detective just on its premise like I'm tired of seeing you know straight white dudes angry about life with a bunch of mealy mouth women that don't matter blah he finally had to come back around to writing about it in like you know as a, a sum total because there's just so much pressure to do so, mm-hmm. and now he was an early earlier champion of this series, but now he's just completely shitting on it. He says it's confusing. I don't understand it. I don't <laughs> like the way it makes me feel, and I'm yeah. out. And like I said an episode ago, or maybe it's two episodes. I don't blame people for not wanting to watch. Um, or just like, you know, it's, I, I don't feel like it's a, a judgment thing, but I am a little judgy of him for some reason. I feel like there's well, two you, things. You say he has a track record, right? I feel there's two things. There's one, I feel like there's some sort of obligation that if you, as a, you know, as, as a reviewer that you've established a relationship with your audience and you've recapped every single episode, that is poor form to give up two episodes to go. Sure. With especially with your complaint being you don't like the way it makes you feel and you find it confusing. Like, <laughs> okay. w- and in some of the stuff he expressed confusion on, for example, uh, the end where it's like, you know, what does it mean? Understanding versus not understanding. What was, gl- I-, I don't know that you're really supposed to understand all that stuff. Yeah. I-, I feel like his major objection in that article is that he doesn't think the show is saying enough of su- of substance and it's just saying things as he puts it loudly uh-huh. uh which i kind of agree with i think the show you know excessive cursing and 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 conversations that would naturally end in a resolution or some kind of communicated idea are either not had or don't go anywhere there's some bullshit in there like that which is kind of necessary to maintain this mystery that they're trying to maintain. So I, I feel him on those points. I do. And, and, and the, the excessive cursing, I understand you're listening to a bald new podcast. Yeah. But I found it a little distracting this episode when Kevin yeah, yeah. and dog catcher and even Patty and get Meg, going. Yeah. The, the incident of fuck per sentence is like 1.5. Yeah. And that, I don't know. I just it 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 feels like it got excessive in in this particular episode, and I and I feel like it's the writers using it as a crutch for these people are really angry. Yeah. But yeah. everyone that's on the screen is perfectly capable of expressing, you know, anywhere from mild annoyance to volcanic rage without the crutch <laughs> of f on that's everything. True. Yeah, all so fantastic like, actors. The other the other thing that I feel like he fundamentally misunderstands is the. The idea of a writer writing something that they're not necessarily agreeing with. Mm. Because he takes up this point where Patty, in this episode, she explains, like, the mission of the GR. Sure. uh, Which I was super happy to finally completely understand where they're coming from. Okay. But, But he then says that that is the perspective of the writers. And that they are trying to say that this is the kind of the way to view this show. Yeah. And I don't agree because Kevin in that scene is not agreeing. No. And he's also written by the writers. Yes. So you, you have to take it as a whole. Uh, Jill is having a very different time dealing with this. So is Kevin. So is Patty. Like there are a lot of different responses and you have to temper everybody's response with the other ones. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, 
I hate accusing people not being genuine, but sometimes it feels like some, and uh, sometimes it feels like he's being contrary for contrarian's sake. That could be the case, sure. Or and some people just like that. I mean, I've sometimes had, I feel like that. Sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think everyone's got that streak in them. It's just I was really, really disappointed to see him give up on a season with two episodes left to go. You know, because I was enjoying yeah. what he's writing uh, to 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 that point, and I feel mm-hmm. like this show is fantastic. So. Sure. I I like it a lot. Um, we did kind of have a discussion on why I don't like it maybe as much as something like Breaking Bad, which okay, I, I don't even like know if to... it's interesting. Do you think it's an interesting mm. topic to, to let's bring people, up? Let's, I was interested. But I'm your friend. These people don't sure. give a shit about you or your 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 personal viewpoint. That's I'm true. Sure. I'll, I'll let somebody ask if they want if they want to hear about it. We'll talk about it next <laughs> no, time. No, I was being a, that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, why don't no. You go ahead and well, it? no, I've taken it literally. Uh, so let's talk. Um, Oh, you're just going to roll on, huh? Yeah, let's talk about the the first scene when it opens up. We do have it because so ever since we found out that there's this alternative alternative reality game the HBO is playing uh, around the the, the leftovers. Mm -hmm. And uh, we talked about how we fucking blew it off. We thought it was a scam or whatever. We've since tried to get on. Have we? Uh, Well... I have. I've been fighting a one-man guerrilla war. <laughs> okay. Uh, primarily, they're doing things through Twitter, and I'm the one guy that doesn't have the Twitter account. So. Ah, shit. Uh, but a, a member of the Bald Move family, shall mm-hmm. we say, is on the list. Okay. And they got in the Mail Friday a classic version of the game Trouble. Was there a gun in the box? They did not open it because it was shrink-wrapped. Oh, okay. And I'm like, I don't... Spoiler uh, alert, there's a gun in the box. Spoiler there's a gun, a loaded gun in the box. Loaded, yeah. And that's part and of the cocked. alternative reality game. How many people are going to shoot themselves? <laughs> but I thought that was pretty cool. Just also, gonna open it and cry. The people that got the burners, I guess, received a text uh, right towards the end of the episode with the uh, Yates poem that Patty recited as she was trying to incite okay. Kevin to murder her. Yep. Uh, so they're doing some really cool things. Uh, the week before the the shipment that they got was an actual ep, uh, copy of the National Geographic that's that's referenced in the uh, the the last episode. Yeah. So I think they're doing they're spending a lot of money and a lot of time doing this alternative reality game. Like if you were in from they the are. beginning, you're getting at least a well over a hundred dollars worth of crap lavished on you. Well, they they sent out the lighter as well. Yeah, uh, like Meg, that Lori uh, was given as a gift from her daughter. Yep, indeed. That would have been cool. So, yeah, a lot of stuff being sent out. That's pretty sweet. It would be interesting to see how much the stuff fetches on eBay once the series is over. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, one other point. HBO renewed uh, this for a second season. So we're definitely, mm-hmm. definitely getting a, a season. I don't know if that affects anything with the story because all this stuff yeah. is already in the can. That and, like, I thought the premise was season one is the book, right? Yes, but already so I've what heard is season two. Already I've heard that it's pretty driven f- far afield of the book as far as you know. There's extra characters. There's characters missing. There's characters been con- congealed. There's I guess more stuff happening on the se- the show than there is in the book. Now I I'm still okay. going to keep my pledge of reading the book between uh, the end of uh, the 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 final episode and before our wrap up cast. Yeah. So. Um, I'm a couple of people wrote and asked me if I still plan on doing that. I definitely am. And I'll be interested to compare compare and contrast, but Mm -hmm. it does seem like the first season is more or less the book. So where do they, that my big question is, where do they go after that? Beats me. 
because I guess the book doesn't really answer anything. Yeah. And it's even more of a try? meditation on loss and grief mm-hmm. and just lots of conversations and stuff. Because uh, I've talked to some people that have read the book, not, not giving me any spoilers, but they've kind of told me that, you know, the, the differences in feeling and tone. So I'm interested okay. in exploring that. But I don't know, because if they've gone and created other characters and enhanced the plot already, I feel like they've done and use the book as a framework to hang this other stuff on it. And they're still probably going to be closely working with the author. Yeah. So I don't see any reason that the quality will decline. Uh, I am more worried that if Lindelof starts getting used to being renewed, that this, this feels like a two or three season show. This does not feel yeah. like a seven. This does not feel <laughs> like a true blood, you know, seven sure. season. Let it, let it get really shitty and bad before you, you know, Accent type of thing. Yeah, it depends on how far they want to go with answering questions. I think if they were to go, if they were to say, "All right, let's answer all these questions. What happened on that day what on the fourteenth? What like let's resolve everything here." Sure, they could drag it out for seven seasons, but I don't think it should be. I don't know that you even could doing out. that, but I will say that I kind of misspoke. I don't. I this show's already given me enough answers that I don't feel like it's a rip off on the level of yeah yeah. You know, X Files, or some people consider loss. I know that's a controversial mm. opinion. Um, but still, I, I don't. I think that the story they're trying to tell can be told in two or three seasons. It feels like it. You know, this it arc with yeah. the Garveys cannot drag on. You know, seven seasons without sure. introducing ridiculous stuff like Jill getting impregnated by an alien. It's the stuff you can do in a lost season. Or, one was all a fever dream of Kevin. Yeah, going the stuff crazy. you can do in an X Files or uh, even Lost, where you can do yeah. these vignettes. I don't know that there's enough characters that we care about. That's true. That they could do that with. All right. Um, so the beginning of this episode is pretty interesting to me, anyway. Uh, if not just from the visual aspect, maybe what it says about the characters, although I haven't thought about it much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Kevin and pa- Kevin and Patty both kind of ritualizing their own things. Um, Patty is laying out in very detailed manner all these uh, this clothing for what we later find out is for the body doubles. Um, Kevin is also doing the same with dinner. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of a big event for him. He's having Nora over uh, to have dinner with Jill and Amy. Sure. Kind of the the family, the new family there. It's also this juxtaposition of two very elaborate and painstaking ways of presenting an image that is not often of a staged event. Okay. Because we're speculating that this is going to tie into the Memorial Day event that they have. Yeah. The Guilty Remnant has planned. It's going to be some shocking, horrifying thing, and it's it's for a certain effect. Mm-hmm. And Kevin, you know, laying out this family dinner is also an artificial thing that's trying to get across a certain effect sure and i yeah, thought he's trying to ingratiate were you kind of shocked that they killed patty uh yeah yeah i don't feel like there was any preparation for Lori to run this chapter of the guilty remnant right uh, i feel like she's been kind of groomed although i did make the joke when she sat at the desk like some I've expected some woman to come up there and just like clear the desk and scribble frantically. Bitch, I was here a year before you got here. Back <laughs> off, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, who the hell made you in charge? Just because you went and spent the hotel visit and ate waffles with the boss? <laughs> yeah, that like six months ago. Big deal. No, I I feel like that we have been seeing her groomed for command a little bit, but all we really got of the transfer of power here was a nod, right? Like an envelope and a nod. Well, and that's good enough to stone Gladys in her face. So <laughs> sure. Do you think, sure. I just don't know that there, 
we haven't seen any like logistical stuff that she's been learning. It's just like there's a, there's a hell of a lot of it apparently. There needs to be, yeah. I mean, this Memorial Day thing is fucking over the top. I mean, look at that binder. Do you think that her Patty's steadfast refusal to answer any questions about the organization of the Guilty Remnant is? Is it indicative of, like, Lindelof basically telling us, chill, don't worry about this? Uh, maybe. I, I think there's also, you know, that character just wouldn't divulge that information. Or, Why would she? Or do you think that this is a truly guerrilla movement, that they don't have any loose affiliation other than their core teachings about smoking and poverty? and, and uh, just That's an of, interesting question. I mean, are are these Memorial Day things going to happen all over the nation? Or is this, gonna con- is this a Mapleton thing? Because it seems hard to believe that they could hijack that many of the devils unless unless this somehow connects with the body double accident that happened on the highway interesting cuz there was like two truckfuls of those just scattered all over if that was either uh something staged by the guilty remnant or they saw it on the internet and then you know the the company was going to have these these mulched up cuz obviously they've been scuffed up on the ground and you can't you can't sell them so they're just going to chip and put them through the chipper and they huh. hijacked and 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 bribed the people to get the left the, the leftovers the castaways <laughs> sure. if you will they're always looking for the leftovers man <laughs> uh so that lends an interesting context to Tom and Christine at the hospital where the guilty remnant hand them that brochure and are, you know, just happen to be there. Maybe they don't just happen to be there. Maybe they're actively following. They have them. multiple. Yeah. They, or oh. following the leftovers. Uh, hmm. They're, they're actively like they staged the truck thing and Christine ended up at the truck thing. It's well, like, that could be a coincidence. It I could be. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I'm just wondering out loud here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it could be those guys were just also dicking around at night, and their real op- objective was to be there to secure the the uh, castaways, yeah. the leftovers of the <laughs> of the life this doll. Is all getting very confusing. Does <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Bacon and the following work in here somehow? Somewhere, so yeah. I can maximize my confusion. Sure, but I just I just wonder if we're because how do you stitch together a comp- a place like that they don't use phones they don't do conference calls although that would be kind of hilarious so. i mean they can use instant messenger right not a problem yeah, text message someone actually on facebook said why don't they use cell phones and text it'd be so much more efficient than writing things uh I, I that might bring them a little bit of pleasure i don't know yeah it's hard to because you also don't know why they do the things they do like I always thought some of the Amish beliefs were very wildly inconsistent about how they use electricity and how they use power sure. tools and all that. And I'm like, that's just, just out of like exasperation. It's just, it's just stupid. It doesn't make yeah. sense. But then you talk to an Amish person or you do research and it's like, it's still ridiculous. And I can say that because they're not listening to this podcast unless you are. And then shame on you, Ezekiel. Wait till the bishops find out. Uh, but, but they actually have a well thought out rationale about all yeah. those reasons. It's not just electricity is evil or we don't believe in technology. It's, it's, there's a lot more underlying cultural things. So there could be some underlying cultural reason that they use the pen and paper. There could be. Yeah. And not uh, cell phones or any other form of. Yeah. They certainly have strongly held beliefs, um, <laughs> regardless of what they want to say. Sure. Uh, they're devout. So what else do we want to talk about? Where did else you notice? We go? Uh, did you notice that when they were spying on Nora, that we actually found 
evidence that one of the things they're doing is making notes of people's comings and goings. Yeah, yeah, that green notepad when when Gla- Gladys when uh, Lori gets up and leaves, mm-hmm. someone comes in and hands Patty a green notepad. Mm-hmm. Well, we see a similar notepad, potentially the same type of notepad. Uh, in the hands of Meg and Lori. So a lot of people wondered how the guilty remnant were able to pull off this elaborate caper. They know exactly when everyone's going to be home and when they're not, yeah. Well, or was that stage one and now that they're still gathering this evidence? Because it seems like there are multiple purposes. There's recruitment efforts, like when they did it with Meg. And there's also just, you know, casing the joint for when they rip off. Yeah. Is the fact that they're still casing people's joints indicative of something that they're going to do like, are they going to break into people's homes and stage and put the doubles in their in houses? In their house, That's like at the, it, no, That's it totally is. Fucked, but but imagine the statement: like everybody gathers for the Memorial Day. You go thing, home, which last year. Well, that was Heroes Day. That, that's different. Hero Day. That's different. Okay. Yeah, that was at the actual memorial of the event. Yeah, yeah. But no, but no, no but still Memorial Day or so, and I'm sure Memorial Day would be somewhat repurposed. To think about the people that's that, what I was thinking that, it that, was, but you're that right. was also it's not just wars is going to be the the uh, the rapture the departure as well. They mm-hmm. go home and they see these these dummies posed in their actual loved ones' clothes, <laughs> yeah, sitting in chairs and shit, and just that's the kind of thing that would would you know, cause okay. a, a town to descend into chaos and flames. So it's interesting that you bring that up because. When you walk in the door and you see Margaret and Billy and Joseph sitting sure. at the table, all of whom you lost in the departure, sure, and they look exactly like they looked last time you saw them, uh-huh. you're going to think, oh my God, they're back. Sure. That's... Like spontaneously disappeared, spontaneously back. That ties in with the couple of Lazarus references that we got this episode. One being on the flyer uh, that, that was printed up for Meg, mm-hmm. uh, telling her to come home or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says that she needs to be uh, like Lazarus, returned to life. Mm-hmm. There's also the resurrection, the the apparently miraculous resurrection from the mass graves that they show on the TV. Apparently someone wrote in some detail that that's actually, that was supposed to be uh, set in Egypt. Okay. I thought it was Palestine. Said something about Palestine or anything, but they said it was Egypt. Okay, Cairo maybe. Cairo. Yeah, it could be Cairo. Uh, but there could be syrup involved. <laughs> Who knows? Okay, but to my point, uh, that would look very much like a resurrection. Could that be foreshadowing for what's what they're actually going to do with those bodies? Sure, I think that's a, a very strong possibility, okay. and I think that would really because you're right. You'd have this rapid surprise and then kind of like i can't believe my eyes and then yeah, and then huge disappointment <laughs> then huge disappointment and then the violation and angry. then the anger yeah. and that's it's because it seems like everyone kind of okay whatever on the photos and we don't have any proof but that's and that's what better way to get people to remember yeah right that's your mission statement yeah uh I, I, i'm gonna go on the record and say that's exactly what they're gonna do i think that's there's enough evidence there to support that. What? Why did Jill freak out about finding the Nora's gun. gun? I don't know, man. It. I feel like it's tied up with Amy as well. Because I, I feel like maybe. But here's my observation. Okay. You know, Nora said she doesn't need the gun anymore to feel better. Okay. Why did Amy then think that the gun is no longer in her possession? And if the gun is anywhere in her possession, even if it's in a trouble box shoved deep underneath yeah, one yeah. of her kids' 
hidden well away. Why does that suddenly like, oh, no one really is okay? I do I do think she's correct that that Nora is pretending to be okay and that's starting to feel more and more like the Holy Wayne is a delusion that you that 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 you buy into. It's a total placebo effect. Why do you say that? Cuz I didn't get that impression. Because there's still this edge to Nora that I'm detecting um and also just because Is there or is it you just wondering like not believing that such a dramatic change can occur in a moment? Well, the other thing is if the guy if if and the other anticipating it. If the other pregnant Asian protector was yeah. not lying about getting a hug, which is entirely okay. possible. He could be lying. Mm-hmm. He's also completely addicted to drugs and, uh-huh. and, and alcohol. <laughs> so, so a guy who has had a hug is I don't, not necessarily I don't associate happy. a happy, well-adjusted, no longer feeling pain person with someone that's pounding beers and snorting coke. Sure. You know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Like if he was at a party and the coke was passed around, he snorted. <laughs> So I, I wouldn't draw that, but he's he's holed up in a hotel blowing money up his nose. The yeah. guy's got some problems. The credibility of the magic fucking hug is on a little bit. It's a little shaky. A little bit. Okay. I could buy that. And I that's let's say so maybe I'm reading stuff so into So you're just waiting for the, the cracks to show on Nora. Yeah. Because I don't think there really have been any cracks showing. No. She seemed pretty happy. But I, I understand why you're waiting for them. Right. Like okay. It doesn't seem like it's a permanent fix. So why why do you why do you think Jill completely wigged the fuck out about it? Or I'm, she's... I'm not exactly sure. Um, I, I feel like it's tied up with her uh, kind of not trusting Amy and not trusting Nora because uh, I mean this gun just because it's in her house, like you said, it's it's hidden very far away. It's not like. She has plans to use it or anything. She doesn't keep it with her like she used to. Um, and then Jill not trusting Amy when, she, you know, she just asks, are you fucking my dad? Did you fuck my dad? Uh, that's, I mean, I, I don't know. I, Do you I think have a hard Amy time fucked reading her dad? Jill. No. No, I was that fit- scene. I think tells you that it doesn't exactly that it didn't happen because I don't think that she would have that reaction. That was a hurt, wounded. I can't believe you'd think yeah. I'd actually do that. And her sarcastic manner, she says, "Yeah, yeah, I fucking did it. Of course I did it, yeah. and I did it because of your stupid gun idea or whatever." What's interesting yeah. is there is something that we don't know about Kevin and Amy's relationship. The bandage and hand. with him back blacking out, and hers like you don't remember what you said and all this other stuff. Yeah. So I so it could be that was on the table, <laughs> but I think that yeah, I don't know if we find out that later Amy did have sex with Kevin before this moment. I could totally yeah. see her having revenge, try to fuck Kevin <laughs> as a revenge against Jill at this point. Yeah, but if we find out, I'll kind of feel like that they were cheating me a little bit because that performance uh, is not the performance someone would give uh, that was caught and was mortified at being caught. Yeah. I agree. It was genuine pain that, you know, your quote-unquote best friend is doing this to you or accusing that of you. To to stay on the topic of Jill. I do want to, yeah, I just want to stay there too. And do you want to talk about let's the dog? Talk about, let's talk about um, Jill, Aunt, uh, Lori, Meg. Because, Jill, Lori, Meg, okay. Because cause this is really interesting. I thought at the end of the episode when Meg let her in, they filmed this, whereas Meg was standing against a dark door all in white. And and Jill was standing against a light wall dressed all in black. Mm. And these are like the two daughters that Lori now has. Yeah, she Liv Tyler has become kind of a surrogate 
sure. daughter for Lori. Right, right. And not having a real daughter around. Uh, interesting. So we don't know what Jill's intentions are at this point. At, at least I don't. Maybe you can... You can guess I, by her mental state. I I I have severe doubts that she can hack the guilty remnant lifestyle. Oh God, no, man! She can't hack a single dinner with her father. She's not going to be able to stop. Plus, she'd just be smoking weed all the time instead of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, and she'd be perpetually stoned. Uh, do you think that uh, Meg's kind of got that in her too? Meg is not really completely gelling with the guilty she, remnant and lifestyle. She wants to be. She wants to. She wants to prove that she's strong. Uh, but she seems a little petty, honestly, and a little weak to me. Yeah, like you, it drove us both crazy that she is railing against Matt. The things that she was saying oh, to yeah, Matt, yeah. you don't know, fucking know me. You're everywhere. You're harassing me. This is what you do day in and day out as part of this yeah, cult. It's called a taste of your own medicine. And if right. you can't handle it, stop dishing out your medicine. Yeah. Uh, it I, was complete bullshit, and I was so angry. Uh, and the fact that she can't see that, I, I think Lori kind of sees that, right? No, I, mean, I feel Lori's like telling the, her to calm down, but the, the Jill that Meg can't see it is ridiculous. I, I, in fact, it's is that a weakness of the recruiting technique that they take these people that are broken and they don't really fully understand the mission, but they just kind of go with the flow, and now. Mm. Is well, this, seems is like this a should... crack that maybe Lori wasn't ready for command? It comes back – I don't think Lori is fit for command, no, uh, because it comes back to this idea that they have conversations or they don't have conversations that should go somewhere and lead to a natural resolution of issues, but they just never have them or don't complete them. Lori should tell her, look, you're being a hypocritic uh, – hypocritic, hypocritic. hypocritic idiot uh-huh. when you're screaming this stuff because we're doing exactly the same thing. Sure. She – I'm sure she recognizes that. Why she doesn't say that to Meg is beyond me. And all she says is you're weak. Yeah. That's that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. No. That doesn't help Meg in any way. And I wonder, and of course we don't see everything that goes on, but it's like the mission that Patty clearly articulated, or more or less clearly, I feel like I understand what they're trying to do. I still think it's kind of horrifying and, and Oh, bullshit. I hate the guilty remnants. But ethos. I understand what they're doing. I do, now. Yeah, yeah. And they're not entirely. And it's it's not me. an entirely out of nowhere motive. If you mm-hmm. filter it through the lens of these people are cult members, yeah. and no, we have it. cults that have all committed mass suicide to hitch a ride on a fucking comet. Yep. So there, there is a cult that happened in real life. Before you start <laughs> saying that's oh, unrealistic, people wouldn't. You gotta, you got you gotta put it up against that. All right. Yes, absolutely. How in the fuck? Does Patty transmit all those really intricate, uh, nuanced views of their mission to these people talking in these Laconian post-it note dialogues? That's the problem. Um, and then that's that's part of the dramatization. It's it just looks cooler yeah. if they're just sitting there not looking and just do nods and things. But maybe there's a book. I don't know a slideshow, a PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know she's uh, got a deck of flashcards in her back pocket that you know here's a new recruit this is why we do it is, I, it, is it thicker or thinner than the stack of money she handed Lori? that's <laughs> eh, hard to say probably a little the thicker. same okay uh, a little thicker yeah no, I, that's a huge problem uh i don't know some of this is problems i have with the actual storytelling and some of this is problems i have with the ethos of the people 
inside the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I fucking hate the guilty remnant more than right. I've ever hated them. Right. Because their their ideology is just to give up and and be nothing. None of that, but they're trying. It seems like they're also uh, trying to rob people of their authentic choice too. Like Kevin. Okay. Kevin at the end of this movie made a, f- a clear choice. He did. Yeah. And she completely gainsayed that. You're right. Yeah. So, and I feel like they do a lot of that with manipulation of people and all these other things or elaborate tactics that it's fine. To me, you can hold whatever ridiculous belief you want. Mm-hmm. I really get pissed when you start passing laws and when you start using bullying and intimidation to get other people to believe that. Yeah. And they are definitely doing doing the latter. They are, for sure. Uh, and I, I don't I don't know what else to say about this. It, it kind of goes into why I'm not sold on the show completely, although I, I do like this show. It's a very good show. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like my top tier. Hmm. Okay. I think I you know I what is the top tier? I mean Breaking Bad. Okay, for um, you you got to clear it. But the, to me, the wire I'd put in definitely top tier. There's this kind of frappe of the wire, the the, the True Detective, Mad Men, Breaking Bad. They're kind of all depending on the day and what mood you get to me and how much I've had to drink. I can make arguments for all of them. And then there's like the second tier shows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like The Leftovers is closer to the first group than the second group. Uh, Like, it's threatening greatness just from the production values and the quality of the performances and the the writing alone. It's it's the way the story is unfolding. I don't don't know if I'm as into mysteries as I am into character-driven, plot-focused dramas. That's interesting. Because this is definitely a character-driven show, but it's, it's very much a mystery as well. It is. And, and being like having these unreliable sort of like kind of unreliable narrators in in some instances. They're absolutely unreliable. They're in, in the main our main kind of but they always kind of come back and say the bagels are real. Right. Except our main POV character has a complete second life that we know nothing about. That's, or does he or does he? That's that's the question. <laughs> uh, before we talk about that, let's get to this this mystery thing, because I feel okay. like there's some meat on them bones. Mysteries are pretty polarizing by nature because yeah. there's a couple ways you can do it. Uh, it seems like there's two ways to do mystery. One is to tell a narrative and then end it before the last thread has been woven and invite yeah. the audience to speculate. Sure. And then there's also the other type of mystery, which has a clear end goal in mind, and they're living clues, and they're inviting the audience to solve the mystery before the sh- the the movie doles it out to you. Yeah, yeah. You can feel like a smart, smug son of a bitch mm-hmm. if you figured out the butler did it five minutes before the detective comes in and explains it all through a flashback, okay? I think a perfect example of the first one, the first type done really, really well is Inception. Okay. Because I came away with a clear idea of what I thought happened. Even though it wasn't explicitly told. Even though, Yeah, they don't actually say what it is at the end. Now, what's funny... I agree with you. Okay. And what's funny is that there's other people have the exact opposite opinion of you. Yeah, yeah. But they still hold the film in high regard. So it feels like the only time you can fall flat on your face is if you execute it poorly and the the lights come on and people go like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You better have a clear opinion of what you thought happened by the end of the movie for it to be that kind of mystery to succeed. And that's where this show Yeah, I don't know that I have that yet. 
Well, and that's that's what this shows pedigree and just the kind of way sure. it, it works. I'm, I'm also you giving, might not get that. I'm also giving them the benefit of the doubt, which is why I like the show so much. Because I can do that because they still have two episodes left in this season. They still sure. have another season in the future. Right. It's not like I see the end coming and there's no light at the end of that tunnel. <laughs> right. No. No. I'm. I, I, yeah. I. I'm more. Weirdly, I'm more optimistic than you because I. I didn't. I kind of had my guard way up, and I. I said on the first show, it's like, look, if if. We're flirting around whether this dog catcher guy is real or not. By the end of the season, I'm out. <laughs> but we are not. We are not. No. We are now flirting with other things. We're flirting with who the fuck he's talking to. <laughs> and is it supernatural? And yeah. is Kevin really leading this Jekyll and Hyde stand? Or now we'll segue on to the other thing. Okay. Is Patty and Dean working together? Are they slipping Mickey's in his drink? Are they roofing him when he goes out drinking? And then they mm. set this thing up so when he wakes up, he literally didn't have anything to do with it, or he was in an altered state. So if that's the case, so I haven't gone to back provoke and, him. I haven't gone back and watched this particular scene again, but there are flashbacks that Kevin is experiencing of the previous night when he uh, apparently accosted Patty. Patty. If those flashbacks, if Kevin is actually shown in those flashbacks, smashing her face on the car like I think he is. But but is he shown? Sure. That's that's a fair question. If if he is, and that does not turn out to be exactly what happened, I will be extremely annoyed. Because that's that's the worst kind of unreliable narrator. That's just straight up lying. I mean, to let's me. say that that's he's showing me something that's completely false. Let's say that he, but it is like, let's say that it turns out that he was roofied in the passenger compartment side, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like his 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 eyes are closed and his his head's lolling around, and he's seeing Dean throw her up and rough her up and do all this stuff. Sure, that's that a different story. Yeah, so I'm saying yeah. like they haven't, and this is why this show's brilliant. They revealed in this episode that Gladys was executed yep. by yep. Patty the way some of us speculated. Yeah. But there's other people speculated other. There's like three or four different – Matt could have done it. The and they were all done it. equally plausible in my yeah. mind until they actually revealed which one is true. And yeah, I feel yeah. like this – the way they did that footage, you – it could be that he's leading, leading a Jekyll and Hyde lifestyle, and which begs the question, who is the real Kevin? Sure. Uh, or it could be that they are doing this – to fuck with this fragile man's, you know, maybe that's what they did to his dad before. Yeah, you know, I have this theory about the dogs and the deer in this episode. Okay, in this series, um, and the dogs kind of being one one character of Kevin, and the deer being another one aspect, character of right? Kevin. The dog is the, uh, the, the the dog is Night Kevin. Yeah, uh, night, <laughs> <laughs> night Man, and <laughs> and the deer is Day Man. Ah, <laughs> uh, Kevin. And and the two are at war, especially in this episode. And I think Kevin makes a a choice at the end of this. And I think, you know, the, the loosing of that dog that he's trying, that violent, horrible dog that he's trying to tame at the end of the episode could also be symbolic of him making a choice especially to, to become more like the deer. Since that dog gentle. did seem like he was a little... Even Kevin throughout the episode said he's getting he's better if you believe it. And then when Jill let him go, she, he didn't just lunge at her throat. Yeah, yeah. But he was a little bit calmer, so maybe Kevin's right about that. Well, that's the thing. I, I can't really reconcile it with Dean's comments, though, with Dog Shooter, because uh, if you say that the that's kind of the violent 
um, response to the departure, the dog is, the, the guilty remnant as represented by the dog, uh, and Kevin's violent, like, I'm just going to fucking deal with this violently <laughs> and, and in the way I need to deal with it. I don't know how him actually killing dogs factors into that. Because the dog shooter here is clearly trying to get him to kill Gladys. Or, fuck, Pat, Patty. Patty. So why would he want him to also kill those violent dogs? Why is why does Dean have no background? Why does he have no address? Why is he a mystery why man? Does he, is, yeah. Why is he a mystery man? Is he is he potentially a government agent? Go back. Let's let's bring the you know another theory back to life, resurrected Lazarus style from the Gladys episode. Some people okay. said they saw Dean in the facility who was processing Patty's body. Oh, Turns yeah, yeah. out I don't think that was the same person. Mm-hmm. But what if he is? Sent by the government as some sort of uh, provocateur against these cult groups to get them to do the. I know I'm way so, off it, in crazy no, land no, no. here. Yeah, yeah, and I'm going to follow you there. So here's the conspiracy theory. Okay. Uh, the government. It, Kevin Garvey Sr. is actually still an employee of the government. Okay. Uh, so is Dog Shooter. Okay. And they just have earpieces. That's who they're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> they got earpieces in, and the they that they said if someone is they're sending someone to help you, mm-hmm. well, dog shooter sent by the government to uh, help get rid of the guilty remnant ties in with the conversation he had on the phone in his delirium. Okay, so a lot of completely people... unplausible theory, <laughs> but I think it's funny. A couple of people there, there's even there's disagreement about who Dean was talking to when he said, "Ah, oh, shut up, I tried." There is, but there, I don't think there should be. I think he's talking to the they that. Kevin Sr. is talking to. Why couldn't he be talking to Patty? Uh, his body language didn't say Patty there. Was he looking up or looking down? I don't honestly remember. Because if he's I kind he of looked a little up, he he looked almost exactly to me like Kevin Sr. looked when he was I, talking. I voices. agree. Um, I yeah, I just uh, that's they, they that's not... that's the it seems like that's what they wanted us to believe. But I will say the first time I watched this episode, yeah. When he said, "Ah, oh, shut up, I thought, sure, he was talking to Pat- Patty. It wasn't until the said, later, I tried. I, tr- I, yeah. I, I tried, then I made the connection to Kevin G- uh, Garvey Sr. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think they want, I think they're raising the question um, now that multiple people are talking to these voices. Uh they're trying to point us toward the question of who are they talking to, and they're probably going to answer that pretty soon. Okay. I mean, I, I assume they're going to answer it this season. They have. They should. They like have you said, to. I'm not going to say they have to. And... I'm not going to say they have to, but I – Yeah, yeah. I would – if they leave too many threads dangling – like it's one thing like you know Fargo miniseries left threads for a clear season two, right? Sure. They can leave threads for season two. If they just leave things unsaid, well, what the fuck? What have you been canceled, dickhead? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's got to, this has to have a stand on its own two, two, two feet. I think so. I, I don't know. I think that. What do you think about Patty's. What did she mean by you understand? When did she say that to Kevin? Yeah, to Kevin. It's like, you know, she wanted him to understand. That's what she wanted. I think she just meant, and he hey, said, I, I don't it to understand you. to you. And he's like, no, no, she was adamant about you understand. Oh. Now, hmm. it could just be she's a crazy cult person. I saw a comment on Reddit that said that they interpreted that as 
Because she just gave this whole speech about how we burn away what it is to be a person. We completely remake ourselves in this blank slate. And our only purpose is to remind others of what happened. Yeah. Kevin is 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 losing his mind to the point that he's fracturing into two separate people. Is she saying that you understand because he's going through that same process? He is discarding things that are important to him to 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 do this singular purpose that he's been called to do, and he's not even sub- oh, he's not man. even consciously aware of that yet. But are you implying that Patty's also hearing voices? No, I'm not. Okay, I'm just saying that she sees what he's what he's going through and what he's doing, mm-hmm. and is drawing conclusions that you and I are the same type of person. We're just in a different outfit. And I'm giving you – I'm now giving you the push you need because she's also said don't hide from me. You know, I'm giving you the push you need to to step forward and be whatever leader that Dog Catcher Man wants you to be or, you know, or and I – I don't know because to, to what end? Like, okay, so Kevin goes along with her plan and kills her. Okay. Where does that leave Kevin? free to do whatever he's supposed to do now which i don't know what that that's is that's the thing like where could that uh, that's i guess my question is, is she where trying to could push that him lead in kevin that would into the guilty service? remnant but why remnant? why does why does killing her suddenly switch kevin's mind about the guilty remnant cuz he sees how that there that all these bad things happened to him in her life as a direct result of him running away from the events of october 14th if he just accepts it if he just accepts it then he will be a guilty remnant and why now? God, why I don't buy the basic premise that accepting that the fourteenth happened necessarily leads to being a gr. I don't know because I'm sympathetic to if something like that happens. I, I, I would. I don't think I'd choose to live my life this way. Hey, nobody has fucking forgotten about this event. Yeah, no. Nobody on the goddamn planet has forgotten a single thing about this event. But they're trying to move on. They're trying to. That's a good thing. Uh, that's a good thing. You've got to live your life to give up and just not do I'm anything. I'm not disagreeing with you because I'm not a. Know, I'm no longer a crazy cultist. Ugh, it just <laughs> frustrates me to no end to hear that. However, I do say I will say that if something like this happened, where two percent of the world's population disappeared, yeah. it is it would be something worth thinking about, and it's something that I don't know that I would ha- I'd have a hard time just getting over the fact that like wow the world does not work on a very basic level the way I thought it did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that, and, and I think that when, because I've seen a lot of people said that everyone's remembering, how can you say that people have forgotten? There's a difference between, uh, you know, having the parades and doing the statues and being sad and also, and, 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 and remembering the way that these Gladys and Patty and Lori do, where they just obliterate everything in their life, except for this living memorial to this thing that happened. Interestingly enough, it, it feels like that just makes for a miserable existence. Interestingly enough, in this country, we've had a a half of the fall the, the leftovers happen. Oh Jesus! Yeah, fully one percent of our adult populations in prison gone. Yeah, that's horrifying. So <laughs> we're we're halfway there to a, a fucking human induced leftover event. No one talks about it. No one thinks about it. Sure. Uh, you know, they, they these, are destroy, these are destroying. These are These are destroying children, women's, men's lives, destroying families, often for nonviolent drug offenses. In fact, that's the that's by far the majority of the people who are in the prison. 
mm-hmm. and for what? Not to get political on you, but to get political on you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. That's the kind of stuff. Like, it pisses me off. And I, I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. going to join a cult and start wearing white and showing out, you know. That's the thing. Maybe I should. What maybe purpose I sh- does that serve? What good does that do? What good is the GR doing? It gets well. Tell me the GR. Even a the, single thing that they're they're doing agitating that's against good. a supernatural event. I would talk about agitating against a human-made event, but no, I sure. I, I'm just saying the the point of the GR is to be pointless. <laughs> like th- they want everybody to just give up and stop existing. Yes, I kind of think that that's maybe that they think. I, I don't. I, I don't understand all the religious beliefs, but maybe part of it is that. People that are not are resisting, like, you know, we all just need to die to get this over with. Well, fine. You, you first. <laughs> but Trust that's, me, I'll be right. I'll be behind you in about 60 years. But unless they get first. everyone, I can, I, I guess, again, <laughs> that's the problem dealing with any, any kind of sect that's evangelical like that. It's not enough that they do it. They have to get everybody else to it, too. Or, yeah, yeah. Or it makes God sad. All right. Well, I feel like we've talked enough about the philosophy of the GR. Uh, it's driving me insane. Okay, but but I recognize at least, unlike Greenwald, <laughs> that that is not the only perspective in this show. Um, there are certainly others, like Nora's. I, I can't wait for Lori and Nora to have it out in a debate, a full-on debate as to the usefulness of existence. <laughs> uh, Nora schooled her <laughs> with that comment about you should stop by and see your daughter. Oh, oh yeah, devastation. Yeah, why you're handing out apology notes? Oh, she's so good. I love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. So the, the thing that keeps bugging me, because I, I, I'm, I'm rolling to this, I'm thinking a lot of this is not necessarily supernatural. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. However, the National Geographic that his father gets that has Cairo, and then they show up in Cairo, and if this is, if this is Patty and Dean working together to fuck with, how in the hell would they know about him going to that cabin in Cairo? So Lori, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. And so here's another wrinkle that may point to – this being a big setup by Patty, those shirts. Mm. What are those shirts doing out there? I have so the, no idea. If you trace it back, you know that the GR are watching everyone. Yep. Um, or if not everyone, at least a member of the Garveys, Jill. Sure. Um, conceivably, they would have known that his shirts were going to be at the dry cleaner. Yeah. They could have gotten those shirts and staged this up around there. Uh, to what end? I don't know. I, I don't even know the significance of the shirt scene in context of the episode, yeah. let alone in what Gladys her Gladys Patty's plan was. Right. Um, but if if you think okay, the GR might be the only ones with access to that information, courtesy of Lori, it could definitely be a setup by Patty. Sure. And is Dean in on it? That that's the other wrinkle, right? Yeah, I just I don't know. It's, it seems like there's anytime I start seeing that you have to start making hand motions to moving parts that are not on the page or not on the screen. Yeah. I start thinking that's not as good a theory. Sure. So the fact that Lori and Patty, or at least the Patty and Dean are in it enough to take him to a specific location. Yeah. That is a little, that, that kind of makes me think that maybe it is the Kevin being crazy man at night. It certainly could be. But also, again, the and the other the supernatural stuff see. is these these visions that are intertwined with each other. I can't explain that either. Hmm. Yeah, I also wonder how much of this is 
I, I, I'm curious what happened to Kevin when he got rid of his medication because they kind of made a big deal about that mm-hmm. uh, with his dad telling him that that's the stuff that's making him crazy and then he flushes it and then he's having these psychotic episodes sure. still. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to believe is going on with Kevin. Okay. What do you make of Dean saying that uh, he's not a ghost, he's a guardian angel? Does this tie back mm-hmm. in with uh, Kevin Sr. saying that they sent someone to help you? Definitely. So Dean is that person. I think, yes. Is yes. I, and I've always believed, I've got the feeling that, that Kevin Garney, the, the old man, Kevin Garvey Jr., uh, Sr., uh-huh. is a benevolent force. If okay. Dean is that angel sent to protect his son... Even though he burns down libraries and streaks the neighborhood... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do think he's a force okay. for good, broadly speaking, in this in this in this universe. Okay, I don't think he's. And also, has he really hurt people? Or has he punched? Kevin said he hurt people. He 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 roughed up the chubby cop. He did that. Yeah, that's not that's not hurting people. No, I, but I, I I mean it literally is. What I'm saying is that's I think not past tense. He he hurt people. Sure. Uh, I I think Kevin see Kevin Junior specifically says yes, he hurt people. Okay, but. In last episode. That's pretty nebulous. Does that mean like guys like the cop, like getting in a fight with somebody that's an equal is not hurting someone. That's just getting in a fight. It's, it doesn't, sure, you sure. know, it's not like getting a savage one-sided beating or, or locking people in a library and burning it down. No, it's, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 again, this is my bias, but I feel like he's a wholly benevolent force. Okay. All right. We'll go with that. Certainly wouldn't want to do anything to hurt his son. Mm-hmm. If, if Dean is this person that has sent to help him that implies that either the, the voices are lying to kevin kevin's dad or that kevin's dad's not benevolent and he's working with these other forces that are evil or more evil mm-hmm. or dean isn't the guardian angel hmm. that there's someone else that is it could it be nora could it be matt could it be some some people on reddit were speculating amy is the one that was sent to help him because she's kind of helped in that uh, smooth things over this daughter, and she's yeah. rendered some kind of weird uh, assistance with this bite and this dog situation. Uh, no, I'm firmly in the Dean camp. Okay, but I'm just saying that that's Dean. one thing that I don't understand how it entirely goes. You know, why we're talking of stuff like the white shirts, I don't understand. Yeah, I think I think it's an interesting question to wonder what exactly he means by guardian angel. Does he mean literal guardian angel? Does he mean like the literary angel that Who the is hell knows what he by means. your side? And like, is that why they were portraying him as kind of not necessarily real uh, Could in be. some scenarios? I, mean, I think that's all, that's definitely all part of the stew that Lindelof is cooking. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if he's a real angel. <laughs> I yeah. Would, that, that's... Evidence would say no. You would think so, but angels can certainly manifest themselves. To people, I mean, if and they can manifest made, themselves to Kevin, why she not? Made Patty? The, she made the angel get its wings when you hear a bell ring joke, so that's like further reinforced it. Sure, and the idea that this guy doesn't have any credentials, doesn't have any a license or birth records or anything like that, could also lend credence to the idea that he is an actual angel. What do you think was going to happen when Nora gets home? She hears this message. She finds a trouble box with the gun out. Mm-hmm. What's Kevin has been an accessory to a murder-suicide bizarre thing. Where are we going to come back to these people's lives next episode? So when 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 they had this scene of Jill, uh, 
or uh, Jill coming home to find Amy's leaving, and she's like disarmed. I, I thought we were going to see like Nora pop out of the shadows with her bulletproof vest on and be like, "Let's go, bitch." <laughs> okay. You want to see my gun? Uh, so I'd like to note first of all before we get into this conversation that the message he was leaving was purposely broken up. He makes mention of the fact that he has one bar. Reception is terrible. Uh huh. We see the very beginning of the conversation as recorded on her answering sure. machine, but none, nothing else. Sure, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's entirely possible that that message is not not listenable. I would say end. it's that's exactly what's happened. I'd still okay. All right, so you're she not does saying know he that left her, a confession. And, she does know, I think, that Jill broke into her house. Yeah, 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 and found the gun. And as far as Kevin Kevin's going to be fucking wigged out. Batty. Like, or witnessing them. Yeah, don't just go back to work after something like that, I don't think. Sure. Maybe he does. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Like, does he leave Dog Shooter there to ditch the body? Does he. Uh, does he report it? Does he. Does he just come clean and say, look, they were trying to. She tried to get me to kill her, uh, but I wouldn't do it, and then she killed herself? How, how do you prove that? I don't know. And so. Yeah, he's in a tough situation. I'm again. It could always be the Chiefs' word versus hers. Because yeah. that was my whole thing. That was the 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 flaw. Mine too. Yeah, is that you got a crazy cult member that everyone in the community hates mm-hmm. that says that the and you already got people in the community speculating that they're killing and doing things to themselves, accusing the chief of police and some other random dude of a, kidnapping her and beating her and holding her hostage. That doesn't pass a laugh test. Does it like I'm watching? Yeah, yeah. I'm watching a community lose its shit over an officer, apparently shooting a kid, oh, yeah. unarmed teenager. Yeah, and there's plenty of people wanting to say, "Oh, well, you know, the you know kid had it coming," or you know, but there's still that. I just feel like that. And that's with a fairly sympathetic victim. She's not sympathetic at all. <laughs> I, I feel like the most people would be on the side of the police on this on this instance. Yeah, I agree with you. Does it add any wrinkles in there that Gladys was stoned to death recently? Uh, I don't, again, a lot of people were speculating in universe, not outside of universe, yeah. that maybe they did it to themselves. So, well, at least Dean did. I think during the public <laughs> call meeting, sure. Don't and maybe he's us. working with Patty. So who the hell knows? Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting question. It's interesting sure. that. Uh, what do we make of the fact that at the end, Gladys does? Now that we know the guilty remnant did this to her, what do we make of the fact that at the end she tried to stop them and they kept rolling on? Uh, I think was that's she human really, nature. Kicking was she in. really cool with it, or was she, she was cool with it in principle and the idea? But once it comes down to it, and you're being stoned to death, no, I just wonder if they I don't think you're cool. She with did it not anymore. know that that's what they were going to do. Oh, oh. And I also wonder. If she knew it was the guilty remnant doing, I, I don't really know how far, how much information they shared. Or was this Patty purging Gladys to make room for Lori, who she thought was more committed? I think that's a fair question, given that they were dressed in all black and it was an abduct- abduction type. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to abduct someone and kill them and they know about it. Why the masks? Why mm-hmm. the black outfits? Why all that? In case someone saw subterfuge. them. Subterfuge. And in case they're discovered in the middle of it. Maybe. Yeah, I guess. 
Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we got to talk about. You know, is there anything more the Jill letting the the dog go with the uh, the knife, or is that just a mirror of what Kevin later does, showing that they have? That's the other thing. If Patty's end game was to push Kevin in the guilty remnant, Kevin being out, Kevin's family being out of the guilty remnant is the thing that is the pull against Lori. And you could tell that these things that Nora was saying to her were making direct hits because. You know, she lost her shit with Meg and slapped her, which was, yeah. was by her uh, own admission weak, using violence as weak. Yeah. And she looked in that scene like a woman who was really on the fucking edge. Her daughter and Kevin joined the guilty remnant. She's committed for life. She might even be more committed than Patty at that point. Sure. She would I have her cake and eat it too. I right? don't know that if Patty, I don't know that if, if, Lori knew that this is what they were doing if she would still be on board because she freaked the fuck out when Gladys got stoned. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a good question. Is the guilty remnant going to be any different now that Patty's not around? Hmm. It depends on where they're if they're taking any kind of marching orders from people or or if the head of that chapter is just doing as they want. Uh, a couple other things I wanted to mention some theories on Reddit. And uh, so this demonstration is going to be on Memorial Day. Yep. That's, of course, we know in in May. And if you follow the timeline of the show, that's about three years and seven months or three and a half years after the alleged this rapture deal, right? Okay. There is passages in the Bible that a lot of uh, Advent... I don't know if that's the right word, Adventist uh, people that think that the rapture is real, there's going to be coming... Uh, that they imply that after the rapture, there's going to be three and a half years of peace and then three and a half years of tribulation is uh, the Nat Geo ep- uh, issue is also from May. Okay. Is this – and there's supposed to be a second rapture, I guess, at the end. And it's weird because Jehovah's Witness eschatology is nothing like this conventional Adventist uh, eschatology. So I'm pretty sure. weak on this as far as just commenting from – that that period but do you think that there is something to this three and a half years elapsed and there's going to be this big event and then there's going to be another three and a half years or is that going to be the arc of the show rolling out i think there could be uh i i kind of like the symmetry there and i like the idea that this is starting to kick things off into high gear um because you know the beginning of the show is kind of a slow burn sure in some ways um so the idea that things are going to start ramping up and getting potentially more violent, potentially more uh, conflicted between groups of people, I think is a good thing for the show um, as a whole. Did you have you heard about this uh, the shadow horses that are mentioned in his Yates uh, po- uh, poem and the tie into the no okay so tie into what <laughs> there's an there's a novel called the shadowy horses written in 1997 and it's about the yeah black stallion i read it no no it's about it's about the uh the the ninth legion roman legion do you are you familiar with that uh i other than to know that there was one no so this was this is like a famous historical mystery kind of like the roanoke colony and uh the minoans and all that this legion was uh, stationed in Hispania, Hispania, which is currently Spain, and also Gaul, 
which I think is what they call uh, uh, England nowadays. Anyway, they were one of the far-flung legions. They completely disappeared. Why is that weird? Because there's no, like, at one point they, they were a Roman legion, and then they stopped being one. They stop being one, and they get conquered by. There's like, no the Spanish? There's like, no record. The f- they just uh, one that they're they're listed in the record books with all the leaders and stuff, and there's not. Now it could be that they just got wiped out, and Rome okay. didn't write about that defeat, although they usually did. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of a lot of a lot of historians and a lot of uh, alternate reality type people like talking about and speculating like what happened to the Ninth Legion. Is there a tie in the fact that this yes. legion just disappeared? I've got Is that one for intentional? you. I'm, by Lindelof, that he actually's the shadowy horses thing goes that deep, or I, is it just an accident? I no, I think it could go that deep. I think okay, so in the cabin with Patty and Kevin, okay, on the wall there are two deer. Okay, that exact same image is in that National Geographic. I think in relation to the Minoans, hmm. uh, which were also. A disappeared, a disappeared culture. colony culture. Mysterious, yeah. Um, maybe this is saying, with the idea that everybody's like, Patty, where's Patty? Where's Patty? Uh-huh. Maybe this is saying that Kevin is just going to hide her body, uh, not tell anybody about this, pretend it never happened. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I, I And maybe, you know, you could come up with theories that would go even deeper, even crazier. <laughs> right. But I always like to go with the simplest one first. Foreshadowing. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Um, and, uh, yeah. I'll try to think of anything else we need to go before we get the feedback. I don't... Not enough money to cover 40000 a pop on these body doubles. Something nefarious going on there? No, I... You I'm, think it's literally totally just the subs- truck? I totally subscribe that these are the ones that fell off the truck. Okay. Because I also... It's why... It's interesting to show that just as like a minor fulfillment of the prophecy that the naked, the, the pantsless German guy made regarding Christine. But if it ties into later events that happen with the guilty remnants, even better. So I, okay. I vote. And this does feel like this is fairly tightly scripted for at least a first season. And if, if, sure, if, yeah, if, yeah. if the truck destruction uh, does tie in with these bodies miss, you know, that, 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 that show up. Then great. It could be because a lot of people said, well, the reason they stole pictures and uh, was to get really good likenesses of these people made. I don't know that I agree with that because oh, I agree with that. But <laughs> so it's one thing to stage. So here's the thing. You order up. You, you place an order for these giant bodies. That wreck you happened before payment. that happened, didn't it? Mm, did it? It might have. Yeah, yeah. I don't know on the exact timeline there. Me either, but I'm if just... you're right though, and it happened before they took the pictures, how would they even? Yeah, get likenesses. But then you got to think, how would they get likenesses of all these people to begin with? If that's their plan, well, I'm just saying that they are. Like, why would that truck be full of the likenesses of I, of just, the doubles of all these? I people think it was in it was just full of a bunch of people, and they had a description of the people that. And, and maybe they're, they're clearly not doing everyone from Mapleton. Like, kind of close. They're the ones that look the closest, and they're matching with those people. And that's what mm-hmm. all this this is what all this stuff has been going to. Or you could be right. They did custom order these and somehow hijacked them, or, or there's an inside job at the factory where they like, made look, them. We that, don't have forty thousand to pop, but no. we could put a down payment on these. That stack get of them money was shipped, somewhere. Cod and hijacked them on 
on the right. road. I looked it up. An inch thick stack of hundred dollar bills would be roughly twenty four thousand. That's nothing. No, and and if it's uh, if it's just a um, something from the bank that comes banded, like what some yeah, people yeah. said it was, that'd be exactly ten thousand sure. dollars. Clearly not at a cut. Uh, and, and again, no, the forty thousand was the deluxe. Got moles. It's got the freckles on your left nut version. Yeah, okay. we don't need the moles. Yeah, we don't so, need the so maybe there's like a five thousand dollar. But even then, it's still not enough. These are this is black market. You know, I just sure. stole this radio. Do you want it for twenty dollars? Prices. Well, you get generic. <laughs> you, you get generic male body, generic female body, generic baby, and then you put different heads on them. That's what I'm thinking. Boom, done. Yeah, and and again for the effect <laughs> that they're probably wanting it. it you don't have to get that close. Yeah, yeah. The right hair color, approximately the right size and shape, wearing the actual clothes, and you're going to get wherever they want to go. I don't know that it's super interesting to talk about the logistics of how they pulled this off, because <laughs> uh, we don't even know if they're going to if that's what they're going to do yet. Good point. But but yeah, uh, something that might be slightly less interesting. Okay. To talk about <laughs> great. Let's let's downshift an in interest as we're heading out. Jill breaks into Nora's house with her stupid friends. Uh, she goes up to the bedroom. She opens the window, and on the wall, written across the street, it says 378 where, with a question mark. What do you make of 378 where? I'm, I, I guess that that's how many people disappeared from Mapleton. From all of Mapleton? I could see that. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, some, like, it, this, is a, this is an allegory... Is written originally allegorically to be about the 9-11 disaster. And we know that they're like people kept track of the numbers of first responders that died. Okay. Di- you know, as opposed to the the entire amount of people that died. So it w- it seems to me that that could just be that community lost these people. Okay. I don't know. It could be. I, I what, what did you think? Uh, I was wondering if it wasn't the caliber of a gun, of a bullet. And that was the caliber of that gun. And she's searching for the gun in that scene. No. Like, where what, is the 378? No. There is a 378. I Get looked it up. Get the fuck out. There is. <laughs> uh, 378, whether it be Magnum. But I, yeah, I don't know. Wow. It's 30-378? Yeah, I mean. I don't know what that means. Uh, anyway. There's a lot of stuff that's close, like the three fi- 357. Yeah, 38 Special. Yeah, you, you, you can fire a 38 Special, usually not the way, other way around, but. Sure. Uh, so, close I don't know. Enough. I was just looking for tie-ins there, and that's one that immediately sprang to mind. But I guess it, it's possible that it's not. Okay. That was, you're right, that was Leslie. No, right? Yeah. Right? I told you it was going to be. This... I warned you up front. <laughs> I'm about to stab myself. You let me go there. In the neck so... with a shard of glass unless we get to <laughs> pimping and then feedback. Oh, I'll do it for you. Don't, don't worry. Um, Here, put this back Live on the podcast. Head. Explain that, huh? <laughs> going down, Jim. Going Damn down. It. I intend to press fully against actual authorities the crimes against podcasting oh. you just committed. He's saying I'm not an authority? <laughs> <laughs> what authority do you purport to be? I don't know. Uh, so if you I, – I have a hard time even pimping after that last debacle, 45 seconds of podcasting. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. I feel like maybe we should just give him a freebie. Nope. Let's get to pimping. Okay, fine. Uh, if you'd like to support <laughs> this hot-ass mess, you can do so in four primary ways. Number one, go to subbable.com slash baldmove and read or pitch. Find out how you can directly contribute money to us and get some cool stuff in return. Uh, option the second, go to amazon.baldmove.com. It takes you to Amazon, except for now, every purchase you make supports Bald Move. 
and costs you nothing. So that's pretty cool. Number three, rate and review us on iTunes. That really, I mean, we've been crushing it on new and notable and what's hot. And that's all because you people go there and you click stars and you say some kind words and it goes into Steve Jobs' magical algorithm, and boom, we get prominent placement. And that's how we help. That's that's how we grow the network. The, the fourth option is tell friends and family. Primarily, you can do that by sharing us uh, through social media. If you enjoyed this podcast, you know that the other people liking the leftovers. Uh, hit the share, hit the like, hit the retweet button. That would help us out a lot. Let's get to your feedback. RJD says, uh, some random thoughts. Now knowing a little more about the GR's mindset, does it make it easier or harder to hate them? Way easier. Way, way easier for me. Uh, management, how about rank and file? Because you, you can't forget anytime mm. you're dealing with people like this that you're dealing with very broken folk. Definitely. So it's, it's, it's easy to hate Patty. Sure. It's harder for me to hate, like, Lori and Meg, and I'm wondering if one of the things that the show is going to do is show the transformation of Lori into a person like Patty. Okay. Because Lori still that. feels. She yeah. is not transformed completely into the blank slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, RJ says, for me, it's easier because they still seem hell-bent on disrupting people's lives at all costs to further their own viewpoint. Also, now that Jill wants to be a part of that freak show, how does school come into play? How will something like that play out coming into school and all white and not speaking? Or does she get a pass and doesn't go anymore? Does this world give a shit what she does? I'm pretty sure she can just fucking... She's 18 and a senior in high school, right? Yeah. She can just fucking drop out if she wants. Sure. And it's almost May, you know? Her induction pro I mean, Meg was Meg's still fucking talking, so you could go to school. Oh, yeah, yeah. She'll be talking for a while. She doesn't have to wear the white clothes yet. Yeah. As long as she has something to give them, a sock or a, a pencil eraser, they she can yeah. stave off wearing just, the white shit. She can just break into Nora's house and steal all her shit and give it to him. <laughs> um, Meg was supporting or sporting a sinister grin towards the end of uh, her scenes. What does that mean? I personally hope she's an agent of chaos and likes to pull pins off grenades just to see what happens. Do you have a take on that? Because I do. Meg having sinister grins. No, I don't. I thought the smirking, and I think the one he's talking about is the scene where she slapped her, where Lori slapped Meg. Okay. I thought the smirk was, oh, you know, kind of like, oh, I thought we didn't do violence. Hmm. So maybe she's not purposely in there causing chaos, but she kind of likes to see it. Well, like, oh, I know I'm flawed. Now I know you're flawed too. Ha ha. Here's the thing. If big shit is coming down the pike. Yeah. And Lori is the new leader and Meg is her like acolyte. It'll be interesting to see if they set this up to where Meg is the devil on her shoulder saying, no, we need to crush, kill, destroy. Yeah. Melt faces, et cetera. And Jill's kind of like, oh no, mom, we can't do this. Blah, blah, blah. Because Jill's the one that lets the dog go. Jill's the one that lets baby Jesus off the hook. Can't pull the flaming nerf dart. Yeah, she's the bad. She's the one that talks the bad game, but doesn't back it up. Where I don't know what's Meg. Meg just is a blowhard, irrational, well, if hypocritical at, person. Yeah, if you look at Meg, uh, Meg's response to Matt versus uh, Lori's response to Matt, they're both the same. I mean, polar Lori, opposites. Lori got in his face and blew the whistle, rape whistle in his face. That was not violent though. Have you Meg ever just... had a whistle blown into your face like that? <laughs> It's the same kind of hypocrisy. Right. Oh, you're going to do what we do to you day in and day out? We're just yeah, going to yeah, blow yeah. a whistle in your face. No, that's true. That's so true. I don't know. It's, okay. It's a, a interesting. 
He finally says, I think the GR has a suicide by cop mentality, not in a literal sense, of course, but looking to die by any means. Is that one of their purposes, that they can't commit suicide, but if they can get a, some sort of holy death? Why can't they commit suicide? Just commit suicide, people. Well, I mean, a Just lot of religions say that. Put that's... me out of your misery, because that's what I want. <laughs> put, put you out of my misery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that could explain why they smoke, because they're trying to hasten their own deaths. Sure. By any means necessary. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, I, I think that could be part of it, certainly. Barry C. said every episode has upped the ante of the previous one, the acting, the plot, the score, and, of course, the fucked uppedness. Mm-hmm. I'm firmly in the camp, the camp that Kevin is not nuts and that Big Mama GR and Dog Killer are trying to convince him that he is. The fact that they killed Gladys, the Dog Killer said, I tried as he left. It was clearly in cahoots with Patty, and the shirts pinned to the trees looked way too elaborate not to have been done by someone to make them think that they are crazy. You disagree with the Dean and Patty and cahoots theory, right? Yeah, for the most you part. You certainly disagree with the I, fact that he was talking to Patty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I kind of do, too. Uh, the moment that he chose not to kill her for me was him winning the mental battle, only for her to cheat. Mm-hmm. Very Joker-esque, by the way. There's a very Joker Batman to him and Patty there. Uh, something the show does really well is making you wonder till the final shot of what someone will do. Will Kevin kill Patty? Will Jill kill the dog? I'll say that... Oh, yeah, he even makes this point. It was super tense when the GR's door opened. Was it Jill or Amy? As we thought the yeah, same yeah. thing. Like, oh, shit. You know, maybe Amy's lying and she's going to go. Yeah. Once again, I found myself shouting no at the screen at that one. Love the show. I was worried about TV post-Breaking Bad, but True Detective Fargo and now this have really made me optimistic about the golden age continuing to be golden. Uh, I totally agree. Yeah. We, that's one, obviously, because we'd be super fucked if the golden age of television comes to <laughs> screeching halt. Yeah, we would. And it's some, something we debate about, but that's just, uh, if anything, it seems like we might look back at like the Breaking Bad and Mad Men's the way we kind of do the Oz's and even the Sopranos. Where Oh, God, the Sopranos. I finished that, by the way. Uneven, right? Super uneven. That's the, the, yeah. Even amongst fans, the, the consensus is after the first few seasons, the, the last yeah. half of that series is very uneven. Oh, yeah. And I, and and like kind of meandering and um, yep. I can't wait to finish it so we can talk about because we should definitely do a podcast on the the series as a whole. I agree. Anyway, I wonder if we'll look back at that those shows that we think are so great now and think like, oh, that was just the tip of the iceberg. Sure. The, these these tools that were were still being refined and and kind of weaponized into even better stuff to come. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's cyclical. Um, you end up with some really great stuff that then people get tired of the formula for. Sure. Uh, I don't know that I would want every show to be like Breaking Bad. Uh, it was kind of interesting in its uniqueness at the time. Right. Uh, and, and I think, you know, shows like that have upped everyone's game a bit. Like, to compete with the good stuff that's out there, you have to be better yourself. and mm. Or you have to go the opposite way and just not give a shit mm. uh, and be... Really, really terrible. Um, but I, I think everyone has kind of been, you know, the the rising tide floats all ships. So Okay. Uh, Andrew T. said, so the dog catcher probably works for the new ATF. No. If we go with the no supernatural premise, then the government agent would probably be able to erase himself off the grid. Maybe he's even gone rogue because he started okay. hearing voices as well. There also seems to be a loose connection between him constantly chewing tobacco and the GR smoking. Ooh. Huh. 
different forms of the old uh, cancer yeah. plant ingestion. Yeah. That's that's interesting. That's fucking interesting, man. Nice, nice, nice one, Andrew. Finally, do you think Meg would have taken a Rice Krispie treat if she was stalking Nora Solo? I think she'd be on it like white on privilege. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, no, totally. Yeah. Totally. I think that's why Lori smacked her, too, because it's one thing to act out and talk in the house, but you're in public. People, co- Imagine, like, if people just walked down the sidewalk and they saw Meg and her fight having this, like, vociferous argument. <laughs> I'm calling bullshit on your whole thing, Guilty Remnant. Oh, I've seen them talk. They talk. Don't buy that shit. And he continues, the worst possible ending would be that these a-holes are in a collective coma and a few of them are beginning to wake up. The voices they're hearing are people talking to them on their hospital beds. Oh, gee. Ah. <laughs> God. No. Oh. No. Please, no. It looked like you just drank a glass of pickle juice when you heard uh, that. I felt like it, too. <laughs> That's That would be the worst ending to this series ever. Kurt J. was the first of many who said... One thing in particular I picked up and looked into was Kev's beetle tattoo on his right arm. Yeah, yeah. Aaron had mentioned this, and whether it was on Kevin or the actor. Oh, it's on the actor. Uh, is it? Yeah. You actually looked this up and confirmed. Oh, I don't know about his beetle tattoo, but he has some crazy-ass Certainly. tattoos. Okay, yeah, yeah. but this is, this is kind of important. Uh, I instantly remembered scarabs through a fuzzy and somewhat dim memory from studying Egyptian history back in school. I launched a query, and, well, all I got to say is I don't believe that it's the actor's tattoo. He links to the article on scarabs in Wikipedia, and it turns out that scarab is a symbol of the aspect of the sun god Ra. His name is uh, Kepri, I believe, and he's the goddess of transforming bodies and souls and is the symbol of rebirth and regeneration. These scarabs are the dung beetles. They, 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 they take shit and they put it into a ball and they roll it backwards with the hind legs. And the Egyptians saw that and like, ah, that's just like, that's just like God taking the sun across the sky. So, uh, and you know, this episode's called Cairo. Do you think that that is, that, that, that he is that... some kind of symbol? <laughs> That he is like uh, that he is, is a in fine ch- connection. You have he's made. in charge of rebirth and regeneration of life and death. I like it. I do too. I like the the symbolism there, um, and I like tie especially the fact that it ties back to the episode titled Cairo. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. I don't know that there's any there there, but I do like the idea of it. If we if we did some some research. Uh, I, I wish I'd gone and seen if Justin had that tattoo actually, because I know I, he I'm does looking have at his, his Google Images search here, and I can't see his wrist anywhere. It's not a wrist; it's his bicep. His bicep? Yeah, I thought I it was like his lower it's, it's, forearm. I, th- I thought it was his right bicep. Oh, I don't know. If I if I if I've got my man candy memory right, <laughs> I retrieve from my spank bag. I'm pretty sure it was on his right bulging bicep. Because I see he's got two tattoos right on his wrist, no, on they... one on each wrist, but. All right. Uh, He's wearing a watch. Fuck watches. I can't see his tattoos. <laughs> Don't you have a cell phone, man? What the fuck? Nathan P. sent me a straight-up manifesto, man. It had like 75 bullet points. Most of the stuff we've talked about, I want to talk about his conclusions here. Okay. Uh, Patty's ultimate mo- motive here seems to solidify Lori within the GR. If Patty could manipulate Kevin into murdering her, Lori would turn her back on their family completely Ooh, and one. become a fully confirmed GR member. So that's like the opposite. I, I think thought that's true. I thought that she was trying to turn turn Kevin into a GR so she would be. But okay. this is like another way to, to, to sever the tie instead of bringing it into the family. 
Sure. I like it. The reason that Patty never told anyone about her sacrifice is that Lori would either never agree to it or else renounce the GR. Thus, Patty realized that if she wanted Lori to ever ne- or never ever leave the GR, she'd have to die in some way, so the default would be laid at Kevin's feet. That okay. is some solid work there, Nathan. And uh, your foundation is also, again, a, most of it was stuff that we've kind of broken down already. Uh, Pablo L. said, while watching Leftovers, something hit me, like Kevin uh, Garvey Sr.'s fists. The Leftovers isn't about rapture or an alien abduction or the world after the event, the departed, GR, the Christians, the Catholics. It's all very simple. We are the people. Lindelof is the guilty remnant. This is his, this is who I am moment. We want the answers. The people want to know what happened. Lindelof doesn't care to tell you what happened because he doesn't know what happened. He just wants you to suffer through this experience and understand (laughs) That this show is all his inception. A show about the process oh of God. making a show. A this, show about the, the nihilistic nature of a show maker? Yeah, this is uh, what we are watching. You know, I, I don't know that. <laughs> I'm done watching. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> it. I'm done. Well, a lot of people said the same thing about Inception. That that was, Christopher, uh, that was an actual a covert statement on what it's like to make movies. They did, yeah. Uh, which I don't. I if wouldn't so, put me past me, on me. that they no totally but when they <laughs> they laid it out I could see someone like Nolan putting some of that stuff in there. Uh-huh. Uh that's all the feedback. We had a lot of feedback but unfortunately a lot of it covered stuff that we uh, had already kind of gotten our notes and stuff so yeah. Um and Don't worry guys, I'm on Beetle Watch 2014. <laughs> if this fucking beetle pops up anywhere on Kev for- on just Justin throws. Yeah, Justin. Looking for Justin throw body. like I beach body it. or <laughs> swimming suit or beach or shirtless, shirtless. Okay, shirtless or bicep. How about bicep? Bicep. Ooh, there you go. There we go. I don't know what you'll get if you start searching for Justin throws muscle. <laughs> um, biceps probably safe. Well, they're showing me his outer bicep. I have no interest in that. It's oh, inner. Wait. It's inner. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Inner bicep. He's got a fucking He has butt an on actual it? beetle tattoo on him. Well, there you go. Inner bicep on his right arm. Myth busted. <laughs> or they just use that to weave the mythology in there. We'll have to post a picture for uh, posterity's sake. Well, they, 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 I guess there was a debate about covering his tattoos up, and then Lindelof yeah, yeah. was looking at him like, no, no, leave it. Maybe that's he actually wove that into the mystique of the show. Could have. He is the aspect of the sun god draw. He's the weaver. At least the Nightman version of his. <laughs> no, jeez. Uh, oh, wow. This makes like – there's – the part of that is that the god, uh, he pushed the sun across the sky and mm-hmm. then he spins all night. He, he breaks down the sun and he remakes it on the other horizon. And I wonder if there's oh, a duality day-night. <laughs> like you got the creation during the day. You got the destruction at night. Oh, my head. It's, I don't <laughs> think it's the Irish coffee either. Oh. Uh, if you'd like to contribute <laughs> to some of this madness, do so at leftovers at bald, yeah, leftovers at baldmove dot com, uh-huh. or you can follow our show and podcast threads on facebook dot com slash baldmove, or you can tell your crazy theories to Jim and one hundred forty characters or less on Twitter at baldmove. Either way, we appreciate your listening and your support and your feedback, and take us out of here, Jim. All right, see you guys uh, next week. I don't know the name of the episode, but we'll be there. Until then, I'm Garvey's Jim. on their best behavior, right? Garvey's at their best, yeah. Garvey's at their best. Uh, until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya. See ya.